0: Today's interview has been fueled by Gatorade. Whatever path you take to greatness, Gatorade is there to fuel it. Greatness starts with G. And now, The Low Post. Welcome to The Low Post podcast where traditions must be observed, even if they are observed three weeks late. And one tradition that I have somehow finagled on this stupid show is that the coach of the NBA champions, after they win, after some celebrating, comes on this silly podcast to tell some stories Steve Kerr did it Nick Nurse did it Ty Lue didn't do it because I didn't know him at all at the time Frank Vogel did it and after much browbeating borderline coercion the head coach of the 2021 NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks is here Mike Budenholzer how are you
1: doing great Zach how are you doing
0: you better be doing great you're a champion
1: yeah, no, that doesn't get old. So, um, no, it's been a it's been a good two or three weeks, uh, enjoying it all, and you know, just kind of trying to to take in the moment.
0: It was a hell of a run. It was a dramatic run. Let's recount some of the moments from it. Are you ready?
1: I'm ready. Let's do it.
0: Kevin Durant, foot on the line, game seven in Brooklyn. I just rewatched it right now. It was in front of the Nets bench. I can't see your reaction in the video clip. I can't see what you did. Did you know it was a two? What did you do? Who was the first person you talked to? What was the reaction?
1: Yeah, no, I had no idea. And my gut feeling was probably it was a three and I was, uh, you know, obviously that would have been heartbreaking. So I, I think it was Saint. Saint was, you know, all over the sideline. You know, one of my assistants that, um, you know, helps me, you know, with everything in the game situations. And it's, I think we just made eye contact and it's like, was that a two or a three and nobody knew. And I, I think, you know, felt a little better when you saw the, the referees going to the, to the monitor and you had hope. And uh I mean, I guess we've all seen the picture where um thank God he's whatever size he is. Uh We needed, we needed every, every one of those, you know, inches or whatever it is
0: what do you remember of the huddle before overtime? I mean, that's as big of a time outbreak as there's going to be in your career. I, I asked these questions and, and the answer is usually like, it's just normal. We talked about how we're going to play and all this, but do you remember a certain feeling? Do you remember somebody speaking? Do you remember just you speaking? What do you remember of that?
1: No, you know, it, it felt like, you know, we, we certainly, you know, had had felt like a couple opportunities to win the game and, and I just, I kind of remember a little bit of eye contact with Drew Holiday and, and Drew's like, you know, I, I don't know that he verbalized it, but he gave you that look like, I got this, we got this. And I think there was confidence um, in the huddle. And, um, you know, we said that about Drew all year. Um, you know, I think he's brought a poise and a confidence to our team. And, um, you know, that I, I just, I, I remember, you know, looking at Drew and Drew just giving you that look like, like, we're going to get this and. Um, you know, he did it all year. And, and that was, you know, that that's probably my most vivid memory of that time out. And, um, you know, and <laughs> they delivered four to two, I think, was or, or I guess Brooke got the two free throws at the end to make it six to two. It was a, a thrilling overtime game. Um, so, yeah, I guess it doesn't matter how you do it as long as you do it.
0: You were down 2-0 in that series. Game two was was a pretty bad one. I remember being in LA doing the jump that week and the commentary was pretty hard on you guys. Um, it did it didn't look great. It kind of felt like, here we go again with the bucks. Can they recover from this internally? How did you circle the wagons or did you not have to, did you just think we're going home? I, I have confidence in us going home. Like I, take me inside what it feels like. Cause it's only the second round. It's not the conference finals. I know you're playing, the other sort of prohibitive favorite in the East. So it feels like it's a late playoff round, but it would have been, it would have been early for you guys to go out. So take me into two. I don't know if there's a coaches' meeting of the flight back. Like what stands out from that?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's crazy because the, the take so long, it feels like was that, you know, two seasons ago. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think that there was, um, you know, I, we watched a lot of film. Um, they were playing at a really high level. And, and I think, you know, they, the, uh, the guys around Durant and Harden and Irving. And then I think at that time it was just Durant and Irving and, and Harden was yet to play. They, the, the, the guys with them were playing so well, the ball was moving, they were passing it. And, you know, we just thought, you know, how can we maybe, maybe change that, that feel, that rhythm um, that they had. And, um, you know, defensively, were there any things that we could you know just hopefully be a little smarter, a little better and, and change um the look and especially for the guys around them um and 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 you know i think <laughs> the, the the game three will be always be the one that probably stands out to me of all the games on the run um so but i, I just think that they, they i don't even i don't with, even
0: remember game three what happened to game other than you won i don't uh, really remember game three off the top of my head what happened
1: 80 so 86 oh that was the rock fight
0: that was the that rock was, fight game
1: that was the you know detroit pistons and you know uh, any whoever it is they played you know all those years and it's like i just can't believe in 2021 there was a, a playoff game between the brooklyn nets with with you know all the talent they have and all the talent we have and, and the final score was 86 to 83 and you know we if if you don't win that game i think you know everything's different everybody knows you know um, how important that third game is when you're down 2-0 and just to win it that way to win it ugly um, you know, I, I think it was—it was, it was just—it's—it's it's a little bit who we are. Um, take a ton of pride in being good defensively, and I—you I, know—we—we—we we, we eked out 86 points uh, to to win. So that—that that was, you know, that that game and just the score and the way it happened. Um, you know, that one really stands. I, I don't know that I remember a whole lot else. That the final was 86 to 83, and I just shake my head. Yeah, you were on the
0: other end of a I I think the forgotten playoff game, if there is one from sort of your Bucks time and and the Bucks time is an elite team was another game 3 where the scenario was the opposite and that was game 3 in Toronto when you were up 2-0 and everything was going your way. That game is I believe a double overtime game and then that that begins the four straight losses and then you then you go on and have I guess a disappointing series the next series against Miami. Um, the next season against Miami, but that game, that game was so close to going to be to being over. I mean, I don't know what you remember, but from that game, but the, every, all the criticism that has followed that is like that one game flips the other way. Everything is different.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, again, I, I a lot of the details are you know kind of blurry, but the the the, the double overtime stands out, you know, and obviously. I'm sure both teams have multiple chance. If you're going double overtime and, and you just, you know, you win that game, everything's different. And, um, you know, a lot of things, um, you know, could be different than they are today, but it's, it's part of life. It's part of sport. Um, you know, I, I love the way Giannis and Chris and and John horse, the organization, the way they've responded to everything. Um, you know, we just try and keep knocking on the door. Um, you want to have a team that can compete for championships and, uh, we, we didn't get it done that year, um, whether it's a double overtime game three or, you know, I think we were up we we're up big in game four or uh, game six. Uh, yeah, game six. And, uh, you know, things happen. And every 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 organization probably that's gotten to the championship level or point has maybe had some of that. Uh, maybe there's the rare exception where it's just smooth and, and everything, um, you know, goes, I guess, according to plan or as best as, as can be imagined. But. Um, Yeah, no, I mean, it it maybe makes, you know, uh, winning it this year sweeter and and more meaningful. And um, the guys have certainly put the time and work and effort and been through some heartbreak. And um, so to break through uh, makes maybe, you know, I I think they're all meaningful. But uh, when you have to go through some of that, uh, you know, maybe it's more meaningful.
0: Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. Shame on you, by the way. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas, you can easily pick out something special to celebrate the both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to hundred bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything pre-wrapped gifts, gifts for grandma. You can find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TV. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. That's very soon. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for your mom easy this year. Head to macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's macy's.com slash gift finder. I'm going to give you the floor in a second because you deserve the floor on this. But a lot of the fretting about the Milwaukee Bucks from 2019 till right up when you went in in 2021 has focused on you. And I know that you tune it all out. You're bigger than it. You're not on Twitter seeing what Bucks Twitter. But Bucks Twitter, if you ever want to go down a black hole, bud, I suggest you take a minute <laughs> now that you've won and start looking at Bucks Twitter because they are they are as, as fierce a, a fiefdom as exists on NBA Twitter. But you became, more than anyone in the organization, the avatar for whatever frustrations fans had. And it surrounded the idea that Mike Budenholzer is a great regular season coach, but he doesn't adjust in the playoffs. Why don't we switch more? Why are we still playing this drop defense? Why is our offense stuck in mud? Why can't Bud change the lineup this way? Why can't Bud run more plays like this and and instead of the same old thing? And I have, I have said... I, I'm not, I, I've said the criticism was over the top, but I've also said I think I've used the word stubborn to describe you. I think I've used the word doctrinaire to describe you. Well, now you're a champion, bud. So the playoff adjustments happened and they worked and you won. So I'm giving you the floor. And, and what I'm sure on some level you, know, you knew that noise existed and that line of criticism existed what has been and what is your response to that notion that quote unquote bud doesn't adjust
1: (laughs) (laughs) my first question is i'm not sure i know what doctrinaire is i I, i'm gonna have to google it while we're doing this podcast but uh i don't i really don't have much of a response it's it's uh there's things there's habits there's ways and of playing and things you believe in and i i in some ways, um, if you've been through a gazillion playoffs, whether it's be an assistant coach, a head coach, um, player, um, I, I sometimes laughed at how much the adjustments are, are overrated or over-discussed, and um, it, it's certainly a part of it, and we've done our best for three years. We've been knocking on the door. We've had really good teams, um, and – Luckily, I don't go down those black holes. I don't really want to go down the black hole today. I, I You know, I think we've had great teams. Um, hopefully, uh, coaching has been, um, put them in the best position. And you go play, and some years you win it. And, and when you don't, you get a lot of criticism. You get a lot of critique. And um, it's just a part of it. I, I, I don't know, fortunately, just don't listen to it. And, um, you know, got a lot of faith in, in the team and the players and the organization. And I feel the same from them, so um yeah no I I don't really I don't want to just say anything about myself or justification or feels better or anything like that it's part of coaching you just sign up for it you do it you do the best you can and um each year there's a different outcome and you know we're fortunate to be champions and uh very appreciative of that but um I'm kind of the same guy I was two years ago when we lost and last year when we lost it's it's uh, it's a lot of noise, and I don't know that it's healthy for any of us, or at least for me. So you just kind of, you move on and get ready for the next season.
0: What I really wanted you to say was you can all stick it. That's yeah. what I really wanted you to say. you, all, you, you think idiots. I would? No, but I really <laughs> would. I thought maybe if I made myself part of it, you would at least look at me and say, you can stick it. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. Well, that's disappointing the... Um, diplomatic of you. Let me let me throw a theory at you because I talked to someone who who knows you well and we talked about this adjustment quote unquote issue. And this person's theory was this. When when you see Bud in the locker room before games saying let it fly, play loose, be random, but let it fly. He really thinks he he truly those words mean a lot to him about how he thinks players play best and how the sport flows best. Don't overthink. Just go and play. If you think it's gonna if you think too much, it's gonna it's gonna create problems. Just go out there and play free. And this person's theory was maybe the adjustment stuff is sort of part and parcel of that. He doesn't want guys overthinking out there because the let it fly thing, it's not just a catchphrase to him it's something deeper than that. It's something you really believes about basketball. Is there any sort of dots to connect there? Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I would definitely say there's a, you know, whether you want to call it a philosophical belief an approach, um, a way to just kind of, um, you know, hopefully put the players in their best position to, to succeed and play well. And, and I think that's the greatest challenge of a coach, um, is not to overload them. Um, And there's such a fine line between overloading players and having them think too much and having them just mentally a little bit bogged down um, versus just playing and competing. We talk about competing, let it fly, playing free, playing random. I think, I I guess the argument that this person is making and I would agree with and that maybe, you know, fuels some of the stuff you're talking about a few days. I, I think if you, if you put, your money on 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 playing free playing with confidence um playing kind of um without being bogged down mentally that gives you your best chance to win in the playoffs gives you your best chance to win in general you start getting into a bunch of adjustments you start getting into thinking and overthinking things um i've seen it go the other way where you know it it sounds great in the in the theater it sounds great on the court the players all agree and then all of a sudden you know you're in front of 18,000 fans the pressure all those things, and, and you can really kind of get bogged down in, in the mental side and, and all that. So uh, there, there is um, for sure a belief in, in playing free and playing with confidence and, and competing. At the end of the day, the team that competes the hardest, plays the hardest, um, you know, and, and makes the least mistakes. And how do you make the least mistakes? Is it by being mentally free or is it be mentally bogged down? And it's a fine line. You, you just got to find that honey spot. Um, but yes, there's a lot of truth to kind of, you know, what you just described and, and how, we, how we coach and how we approach games and, you know, before games, after games, films, practices. Um, you know, I think we want them to be free. We want them to compete.
0: Um, another moment from this run that did happen right in front of you that I do need to ask about is 120-119 in Phoenix, game five. You lead Phoenix has the ball. Devin Booker spins and goes into his move with a chance to put the Suns up by one, chance to take a 3-2 lead in the finals. Drew Holiday strips him. Drew Holiday is coming down, three on one, shot clock's off. Giannis is streaking down the middle. All this is happening right in front of you. The lob goes up. What are you, Mike Budenholzer, thinking in that moment as the lob goes up? Thank God Giannis is on our
1: team. You know, I mean, it's, it's like, you know, you just... When the ball goes up for him, he, he, I, and I, I know, you know, the, where this is going, the clock, and you know, it's maybe not the, the, the smartest, the, the textbook thing, but you know, Drew and Giannis are just playing on instincts. Maybe they're playing just like we just talked about. They're playing free. Um, and uh, I was pretty confident that Giannis was going to get it. Uh, wasn't sure why Drew passed it, but you know, when you play with Giannis, you know, your confidence is just through the roof, and you know, in some ways, you know, free throws are not automatic and, and you throw a lot to Giannis and, you know, he goes and gets it, you know, it's two and, um, you know, you're still up three and, and you got to get a stop and, and and have them not score. So I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for Drew for making the steal and, and Giannis being him. And um, yeah, you know, it's, it's just one of those instinctual plays that I, I, I love our guys to, to play with that kind of confidence and, and to believe like the, the belief that that Drew has in Giannis to go get it, um, you know it's it's special.
0: And all through it all, I think the craziest thing that happened in the entire playoff run, or at least the most statistically improbable, was Giannis going seventeen of nineteen from the free throw line in the clinching game. When that's happening. Is it like a no-hitter where no one is allowed to talk about, oh, my God, Giannis Giannis is hot at the line? Like, did you joke about it after the game with him? Like, dude, where did that come from? Because I remember watching me like, he's making every free throw. What's happening?
1: No, certainly did not talk to him about it during the game and and really don't talk to him, you know, about free throws very much, you know, during games. And, you know, after the game, uh, I I think it's just, to me, I've thought about how hard he works what a complete game he had and, and how many great games he's had, you know, during, during the three years I've been with him, but to, to, to really make it totally complete and to be phenomenal from the free throw line and to put kind of that, I, I don't know. It, it, it was just, I think for him, for us um, for, for to see, you know, how much he works, how important he is to us um, just to, to have that, you know, what he did defensively, what he does just everywhere, but for everywhere to include the free throw line, um really really cool and uh you know a lot of fun for him a lot of fun for us uh so yeah no we we I haven't talked I'm just I'm assuming he's gonna that's gonna be you know the new bar he's gonna have to do that every night uh you know going forward well I always tell people like if
0: if you if I ask people to guess what Giannis's free throw percentage is for his career in the regular season people guess like 58 59 it's 72 if he just shot 72 percent at the line in the playoffs. Nobody would talk about any of this. It would be a complete non-issue But people people miss that by leaps and bounds all the time. Um, So you guys win. And I ask coaches this every year. Um, There's a celebration. I don't know where you guys went to celebrate, but there's drinks, there's food, the family and friends are there. You're going around talking to everybody. Um, Was there from wherever you guys were in Milwaukee celebrating that night, that night specifically, I know the celebration goes on. There's a parade and all that. Is there a conversation with somebody through all that chaos? Is there a moment with somebody through all that noise and madness that you will always remember amid the blur, like someone that you had a moment with some, someone that said something to you that took you aback a little bit. Was there a moment like that for you? Maybe it's even with your family, not with anyone with the team. I don't know what stands out.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it's a moment, um, but, you know, uh, for me, I, I'm the youngest of seven. So I had all six of my siblings together, which uh, either I don't know if this is a good thing or I should say, but we we don't get all seven of us together very often. So to have all seven of my siblings, my four kids and to do that kind of family thing and for everybody just to participate in it and, um, you know, just it's it's uh when you're from a big family and you get to share it with everybody and you can just feel that i guess family love family pride it's really really cool um you know that that i think from going to to the to the post game i I don't know you know i don't think we could call that a break bread it was like break the city um (laughs) you know so but to do it with with all my brothers and sisters and my kids and just to feel you know just everybody's so happy for you and so proud and um, you know, I think that'll always stand out to me.
0: Um, I'm assuming you are not going to want to talk about this at all, but I have to ask you, uh, and then I'll talk about it. Um, I assume you would like to get a contract extension after winning the championship.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd love to coach the Milwaukee Bucks for like the next 20 years. So yeah, that, I'm, I'm going to ask for the 20 year extension. So see Go for that, it. that's, that's the- our, that's our starting point.
0: Well, I look, I said, we talked about it on TV on the jump. It was me and Robert Ori. Uh, and I said, look, I, this is when I said, I've called Bud stubborn. I've called Bud doctrinaire. But you know what just happened? They won the championship. And I said, if we don't reward people for winning, and I don't want to hear about the injuries that other teams had and this and that, like all that stuff is real. It happens every year. The bottom line is they, this is what I said on TV. So I'm just repeating what I said on TV. It's not new listeners. I already said it. I said, if you if we don't reward people when they win, what are, what are we even doing here? Like, even if you, that, that's all. And then I'll, we can move on from there. The other, the other uh, moment that I have to ask you about is you guys were obviously at the center of not just sports, but history for a moment in Orlando when you didn't come on or didn't come on the floor um, to play against the magic in the first round of the playoffs in the bubble, in the wake of the Jacob Lake shooting in Kenosha, Wisconsin, I think. Um. obviously the the whole sports world stopped at that moment. And then there was the whole big meeting in the bubble. I, I, and I'll, I, I have something for you afterwards, but I want to know what you remember from the discussion in the locker room. And And from what I've heard, you, you let everyone, the coaches sort of let stood back and let the players talk and decide, but what you remember from sort of witnessing that. And when you knew, okay, it appears that we're going to take this step.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I think just the, the deep conversations, the meaningful conversations, and, and even, you know, uh, one of the guys just saying that this is, this is a big, this, we we've got to, you know, we've got to embrace this and we got to know how big this is if we're going to do this um, it's big. And, and I think, you know, for the players to understand that and embrace it and then, you know, to listen to them to talk and how can how can this be, you know, the most meaningful, the most impactful? How can we really try and um, help help create change, help keep change, um, you know, happening and, and, and you know, the, our, our country, our world improving and and to see them work together and have the conversations and work on the statement and. Um, you know, speak with political, you know, leaders from the locker room. And just the, I mean, it, 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 was, it, was, uh, it was really powerful um, to see, you know, how our guys um, just understood the importance of it, kind of embraced it, tried to um, make it as impactful as possible. Um, and, you know, we, we've said it a bunch of times. I mean, I think, you know, you feel like you're on the right side of history. You know, it was, a, I think, a history-making moment. Um, and I think, you know, our team, you know, our league, the players in our league, not just the bucks, but the whole league, you know, are I think, I think on the right side of history that day and just trying to help our country move forward and be better.
0: Let me recount something I heard from the locker room and you can tell me if it matches your memory. The bucks don't come out. People realize, okay, the bucks aren't coming out. A league official comes in and I heard somewhere between asks the Bucks to maybe reconsider playing or just sort of softer than that says, do you guys really want to do this? Do you understand what's happening here? Blah, blah, blah. That person leaves there. And the players by this point have already decided they've already had all these discussions. The players have already decided we're not playing. That person leaves. There's some silence. And in that silence, the players are maybe looking for someone to say, to, to respond to this person. Are we, are we doing this? And from what I've been told, maybe for one of the first times you talk and you just look at the players and say something like, I think we all know what we have to do here. And, and the players remember that and saying for, for, you know, bud, bud, let us do it, bud, let us take the leadership of it. But after that moment, he stood in front of us and said, we know we got to do right. Does that match your memory of things?
1: Uh, I'm not going to confirm or deny (laughs) the rumor. Um, I, I actually, there's so much from that, that day and, and, the sequencing of how everything happened—I'd um, be lying to you if I said exactly how it went down. I—I I, I think we all had a moment to speak. We all had a moment to, you know. There's just so much leadership uh, in that locker room at that moment, and and certainly I think the coaches wanted to let the players lead it. But at, at some point, I do think there's—I I think you know the the role of the coach is Like you know, there's lots of conversation. There's lots of debate. There's uh, on, on lots of things. Um, so it's not that I'm coming at some point, you know, I I guess, um, I do have a recollection of saying, okay, something along the lines of of what you just said and, and that there, um, there is somebody that, um, you know, I think just has to partner with, with the leadership in that group and say we're all doing this together and and we know what's right. And, uh, and again, I, I think the, the being on the right side of history and just trying to do something good and make a difference, um you know it was just it, it was all about that
0: you can now stream the most mlb games on direct tv without a satellite dish yes catch the clutch hits strikeouts grand salamis web gems with nothing on your roof so who's are up there whether it's roofers santa birds old-timey chimney sweeps moody teenagers thrill-seeking raccoons watch out for them you name it they won't find a satellite dish but you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root 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 with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DirecTV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today, claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. We have a few minutes left. Let's go rapid fire through some of the Bud career highlights. Uh, first impression of Tim Duncan:
1: <laughs> uh, humble, amazing, not a good summer league player. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: reaction and vantage point of the Ray Allen shot in Game Six of the twenty thirteen Finals.
1: Oh uh, yeah, probably the the most painful shot. Although there's two, but I'll, I'll just, I'll keep it. One of the most painful shots moments uh, in a, you know, in, in my basketball career, coaching life, uh, just hard to believe um, that it happened to be that close. And then to, to not finish it, uh, that hurt. What's the other one? Derek Fisher point four.
0: Oh yeah. Duh.
1: That's, that was a different, different place, different time. Not the finals there. But man, those two shots, boy, those will, yeah, those will sober you up real quick.
0: Much has been written about the Spurs dinner after that game and, and um, the tone of it and pop going around to everybody and, and telling everyone, like, we got game seven. We got a group here. I know we're in pain. Let's all, let's all eat together. Let's all be in the same room together. Whose table are you at? And what do you remember from that dinner?
1: Oh, uh, I, the coaches usually sat together. So I think, you know, usually it's, it's the assistants and, and, uh, pop and, you know, you're, you're, you're eating, you're talking about the game, trying to figure things out. You're trying to, you know, pick the spirit of the group up and pop works the room. And, and so I'm sure I was with, with, you know, Brett Brown and, and, and the crew, all, you know, all of us that were there, um, at that time. And, uh, and yeah, you know, I mean, I think at some point you got to pick yourself back up, and you know, you got to think thinking about you know game seven and that opportunity. And I remember almost the, the dinner after game seven more. Um, so yeah, those 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 moments are, you know, I think help form you. And you know, like I said, you got to you got to kind of move forward and get ready and kind of just mentally, emotionally, start thinking. You know, can let's 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 think about the next game and get ready for that. Why
0: do you remember the game seven one more?
1: Yeah, my last break bread in San Antonio, my, my last time um, with that organization, that team, and gone on a plane the next morning, um, you know, to, to, I guess, start the, the post-Spurs life, um, you know, so it's just, it was tough between game six and break bread, same place, and then you, 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 you lose game seven, um, you know, your, your season's done, and, and really... Um, it's it's time for me to move on. So, yeah, that, that break bread always stands out to me.
0: Well, Brett Brown also left that offseason, and I've asked him this before. He left to go coach the Sixers, you leave to go coach the Hawks. You watch the Spurs come back and avenge, it, not avenge, because it sounds mean, but like rise up from one of the hardest defeats really in basketball history and not just rise up, but sort of reach this crescendo of everything we've been building toward as a team and an organization peaks at the exact right time. And we play this beautiful basketball and the Miami heat of LeBron James are overwhelmed by how we're playing. Watching that from afar. Was there a part of you that was like, God damn, I missed this. I mean, I'm so happy that I got (laughs) coaching the Hawks, but I missed this. Like I, did you feel left out?
1: yeah I I don't know what the feeling was and I I went to one of the games I think I went to game uh, I don't know but it was in San Antonio the night where there was no air conditioning and the building was like just like a sauna um and the basketball was just I mean it was I I think some of the most beautiful basketball if you believe in ball movement people movement and you know all that stuff that I I do just so believe in It, it was it was amazing and yeah, I don't know. You don't feel left out, but you're just like, I, I think I was just blown away with how just how great they played. Like it was just, they they were clicking and just just amazing playing at such a high level. And, and, and to see how they approached the season, the mission they were on, the, the drive, the focus. And it was just, and then for it to culminate in this just, you know, really, really, really great basketball. Um, yeah, it was, but, you know, I think, to be a head coach and to move on. It was the time. And so it's very happy for them. Um, and really just happy to see that kind of basketball being played on the court.
0: Last one. And then I'll let you go. And I wanted to end here. Cause it puts the whole journey kind of into perspective. Um, somebody told me who was with you from the, from very early Spurs days said, ask bud. Bob Hill was the coach when you got to the Spurs, not pop pop was the GM. Bob Hill was the coach. Yeah said ask bud about after every game carrying bob hill's briefcase and his suit jacket back to the bus that was part of bud's job in whatever 1990 whatever carrying bob hills and that's not a bad thing about bob hill that's just what the what the low level video guys or whatever do you got the briefcase you got the suit jacket you had to remember that every game i was told is that right
1: there's some somewhere along there some offensive edits and some defensive edits and, you know, film. And, you know, it's like you said, when you're, when you're at the bottom of the ladder, you're basically doing anything you can to to try and help, you know, the, the head. I, I, I would, you know, whether it's suit, the uh, briefcase, edits, film, I, 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 you kind of do everything when you're in that spot, every video coordinator that's come through this league knows what it's like to, you're, you're doing everything. And, and it's, it's great. Cause you get opportunities to, you know, whatever you're picking up knowledge, the guy's upset, he's happy. He's thinking about practice the next day, you know, an edit, what we got to do. Um, so yeah, no, you, when you're the video guy, especially back in those days, and it's really hasn't changed at all. You, you, you literally are, you're taking the briefcase and the suit to the bus or whatever it takes. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's part of, it's part of your journey um and i i learned a ton um you know i think any video coordinator would tell you that's the best place in the world to start um if you're going to be in the nba you start in the video room um you're going to come out you know i think your knowledge is just uh it grows at just an insane level well now Same you're rate. the head,
0: now you're the head coach of the nba champions you'll be the defending nba champions for at least a year or so or a little less than a year i guess here um, well deserved. And look, uh, you and I have known each other a while. We've had our back and forths over the years. But those Hawks teams have always had a special place in my heart. Obviously, that Spurs team is any basketball fan to love the Spurs team. And uh, to see your Bucks, to see Giannis and Chris Middleton, who I wrote a big profile on a couple of years ago, interviewed you for it. Come from second round pick, castaway in Detroit, <clears throat> to this. Um, Brooke Lopez has had a weird career path. PJ Tucker grinds and grinds and grinds and ends up drinking champagne. All this, it's it's a it was a fun story, a fun run, and um, really, you know, w- we cover this league and we got to cover it hard and aggressively and 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 honestly. But it, at the end, there is a good feeling and watching people who have committed their lives to the game reach reach the end of it, reach the moment of, of ultimate glory. So I heartfelt congratulations. It's well deserved get some downtime in the off season and get right back at it. Cause now everyone's gunning for you now.
1: Yeah, no, we'll, we'll be back at it before you know it. So appreciate it, Zach. Fun to do this and uh, appreciate, you know, all, all the, your knowledge and it's, it's good stuff. It's good for the league. So I'm glad we could do this.
0: Thanks coach. Be well, have a good summer.
1: All right, you too.